This yeah gets us started over there. Look at that. Yeah. She does. Miss Yeah or Miss Yeah. I'm wondering which one is it. It could be yay, like like the like in the courtroom, Y-E-A. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, before I hit this bell, somebody else had a crowd saying yeah this weekend. Oh, jeez. <laughs> There's no doubt about that, but not as loudly as they'll cheer for this particular bell, so let's have it. Let's do it. Well, good afternoon, everybody. And also, as you can see from the sign between us there, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, DK. Dolly's behind the scene. Everybody that's tuned in to us, man. 2024, DK. 2024. I was interested Whoa, what happened there? <laughs> e Eager Beaver right there, DK. That's what that was from you, man. That wasn't me at all, actually. I don't think I touched uh, it that time. It that time. <laughs> Not that time. Uh, yeah. So anyway, Deontay just threw us off there for a moment here. We just accidentally put up a Deontay Johnson clip from a few days ago. Uh, it was just an extraordinary Sunday, really, in Seattle for this football team, uh, especially from the offensive standpoint. I got a, a text message from R. Period Foster in Hendersonville comma tn at one point during the game like ah! because he wanted to be out there blocking with those dudes I did. I did. they were unbelievable after the game the offensive line guys moan yeah they were after the game they were after the game you know they, why because i've seen you and especially de castro would get right 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 but de castro would get more wound up than any of you respectfully <laughs> after you'd have one of those He's like, I just want, I just want to keep playing. I just want to keep playing. <laughs> no, that's exactly what it was, man. The idea that you can keep playing and keep running the ball and keep imposing your will, man. Melly Mel comes in, DK, with this right here. Shout out to you too, Lori. Uh, happy New Year's. But Melly Mel comes in huh? fat from holiday, sassy about Steelers, playing bully ball, and Happy New Year, DK. That sums it up more than anything, my guy. Yeah, there's 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 a lot of people feeling really good about where this football team is in large part because the offense is just we have not seen it like this since Ben. I no longer care who it is that they're playing or what the shortcomings are of the other team or any of that other stuff. Look, I get that the toughest defense that Mason Rudolph's going to face will be this weekend in Baltimore. Okay. So play even better. And what, that's wait. no, I was just gonna say it's not like this group of these two teams that he started against have been cakewalks either. I know what you're saying, like, yeah, Baltimore is a different animal, it always is, and that game is a different beast in general, too. I will never underestimate the power of Baltimore versus Pittsburgh ever in life, man. But these hadn't been two cakewalk, um, two cakewalk uh competitors that they've gone against DK. It, it's been contested it has been hey you better bring your a game one at home one on the road and he stood tall man you got to give him props for props i just don't want to dampen what's already happened with you know the idea that baltimore is up next yeah i i think that's the 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 real issue here right now it's not so much what's been faced because if you think about it the steelers attacked the seahawks very differently than they did the Bengals. the difference the difference has been that the quarterback play was consistent throughout uh, the rest of these guys, look, Najee Harris said himself out in Seattle, uh, this was actually in response to a question that I had asked about how, how much difference the quarterback can make in terms of, in terms of their overall uh, identity and their belief in themselves. It's not an intangible. I've been saying that for months now. This is not some sappy, syrupy, we believe in the guy. No, it's a matter of execution, isn't it, Mo? It really is, man. And you hear it, you see it. You see those guys contributing in a way, DK, that I don't think we've seen this offense flow in a very long time. Like I said, I don't feel like anybody feels sorry for Mason or just like, man, we're going to corral around him, you know, corral around him. It ain't that to me. It's just simply he's making plays better than everybody else that's been behind quarterback since Ben. 
That's just what it is right now. And those guys who've been there, they feel that. They also understand what it looks like to operate like that. You're seeing, you know, here's here's where it, it becomes eye-opening. Can we go there for one second, DK? And it's just this to me. We're seeing guys that hadn't played particularly well play better. We're seeing balls go down the field that are more catchable and guys are hustling for them. We're seeing the flow of the offense have more than just three and out, three and out, three and out. So we're talking about what Mason has done for this group, this team, for himself too. I always want to throw that in there. What he's done for Mm -hmm. himself is he's added a spark. Significant. (laughs) Very much significant. He's added a spark (laughs) that you hadn't seen. Now, whether you're Team Kenny or Team Mason, you cannot deny the fact of what's happened so far in Pittsburgh these last two weeks. Not against some cupcake teams. Pete Carroll's one of the most respected coaches in the league. Cincinnati does have a really good team still, despite what their record is. They were picked to win the AFC North. Let's not forget that. And do not let that off the hook either. I hate when we get to this point during, you know, the season's like, oh, well, they're not supposed to be that good. I'll be damned, DK, because why? They were picked to win the AFC North. Now, I know Baltimore is kind of taking off and all those types of things, but let's not forget, on paper, Cincinnati's got a good team. They got some good players. Yeah, I th- I, I've noticed a little bit of a pattern. And it's a little – I'm not going to lie. It's a little bit annoying when every time it seems like the Steelers are doing something now, it's like, well, let's see how it goes against <laughs> da 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 So I, I've actually developed this almost formulaic response to people like, you know what, let's just see how it goes against the 85 Bears when they come to town, all right? That's how it's going to be. It's like, yeah. come on, you know? Yeah. Just l- look at it for, for what it is. And what it is, I got to tell you, Moan, you know, more than anything, I, I, I love the Mason Rudolph story. I love seeing – George Pickens erupt the way he has these past couple of weeks. Deontay Johnson making his own significant contributions in the passing game and everything. But Moan, pull, pull, pull. Those matching 23-yard angry runs <laughs> by Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. The stiff arm by Najee. Uh, Jalen with that shifty touchdown then. And guess who got the game ball afterward? Big boys. Big boys, you knew about this. <laughs> I knew about that. <laughs> it only you don't get 200 yard games in the NFL. Oh. All right. And all your points, well, other than Boz, comes on the ground. We've seen this team. Oh, golly, you got me riled up and I'm ready to go, man, when we start speaking about this no, type no, of stuff. No, no, I'm about to do that after you finish your point here. <laughs> you, this team is closing out drives in the tight red zone. Najee could have, and my wife actually pointed this out to me. Mason threw his hands up on the play that closed out the game. He wanted that score. They needed that score. They could have gotten that score. Essentially, this team could have scored 37 points this week. When DK was the last time we've talked about this team scoring 37 points against an above 500 team. It's been stated casually over the past week. Like it was just no big deal. You know, it's crazy. It should have been 37 points. If Najee doesn't do that slide there at the end, um, that's should not going in. You know what? <laughs> Najee was asked about this and you know what he did? He was at the podium and he goes, you know, I'm, I'm done. And with a big smile on his face, he just walked out of the room because I don't think he even he thought about it that much. I saw him walking back to uh to to, to Mason <laughs> Cole, and it looked like Mason was like, "Why didn't you score?" And Najee looked at him like he kept opening up his hands, like I I didn't know I was supposed to. I I I could have, but I didn't. That's Let's what he. Mean. That was the reaction that he had at the podium, and it also doesn't matter because one way or another, the game ends. Because you know why? So, and yeah. winning, and winning, there's never enough. <laughs> oh, oh, you scored 30 points? We should have got 37. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's never and enough. wants to be attached to that, especially this – I mean, this team, you know, not scoring many points now for a couple of years. This offensive line, this offensive line, mm-hmm. I have something to share with you, Ramon Foster, me. on the Ramon Foster Show that you will appreciate more than anybody watching this because you called this months ago. You ready? I have not printed this. I have not – okay. You hadn't prefaced this either. You hadn't told me about this. I told told you anything here. Okay, here we go. Let me hear it. The offensive line. This is just as uh, to the best of my ability to recall that little cramped little room they had in Seattle. Okay. 
uh, Dan Moore is sitting there. He's just kind of, he's kind of feeling good about himself, you know, and he actually, he, you know, he had a nice game, good bounce back for him. Mason Cole had a couple of low snaps, but he was, you know, he, yeah. he got the, he got the job done, had a big block and touchdown. James Daniels sitting there a little bit, a little bit satisfied <laughs> looking around the room a little bit. And I mentioned to J I got JD nice block on the, uh, on the Jalen touchdown. He goes, you sure that was me? Because I think, because we all and I said, "Yo, no, it was you. You moved your guy six yards to the right. I'm sure it was you." And uh, he goes, "All right, yeah, cool, thanks." But the one who did not move from his stall and was like this and was ready to keep on playing, and he yelled out something about bully ball to nobody in particular was a young man named Broderick. Jones. That's right. Broderick. That's right. He was more he he was so sad that this game to came to an end. <laughs> I don't know how else to word this. They were all stoked in their own yeah. way. Okay, the only one, I mean the only except one. Isaac Salamalo, you can't that, that's not a needle. Yeah, that that doesn't that needle doesn't get moved. But the kid wanted to keep playing. You know why, DK? Because one, we 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 added that aspect. We talked about that. You're right at the beginning of the season, right? When he mm-hmm. took over the starting spot, you got a bully on your team, and I hate that he got away from that. But of course, when you have moments like this, and you have flow and the operation of the team and offense works in your favor, here's what didn't have to happen this past weekend. They didn't hear. They didn't really have to pass, bro. You know why? Because you moved the line of scrimmage forward, yeah. Everything, Everything was, was moving forward. forward, DK. Heard you talk about that for years. And, and you know what? That ain't no cop out to say they can't pass pro because they can. But you become a better football player, offensive line football player, when you can move bodies around. Then I can dictate to you what you're gonna do because my guy can get rid of the ball now because you don't know if it's run or pass, even in my up stance. That was what's so crazy about watching this. You know what else we hadn't heard either. How much people hate Dan Moore? Why in the last two weeks? Because the offense has been moving the line of scrimmage. They can dictate what's happened. Mason, to me, I feel like moved into that sack last week against um, uh, uh, what, what Dan Moore blocking right there last weekend against the Bengals. That is what it is. This week you went into somebody's trap and absolutely took over their trap, okay? Oh, I mean, it, that was done in so many different ways. But I, I really, I really want to emphasize first and foremost that I am going to be citing Seattle as Broderick Jones' grow up moment. Okay. Not just because, and you guys, everyone, I think has seen the video of the pancake off to the right, uh, because he actually ends up with three Seahawks under him. Love it. This, I'm sorry, not to the right, to the left. Jalen Warren running to the left. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, this one is different. And Matt Hyde is actually pointing out a huge block on Najee run when he leveled the linebacker. And then he went looking for more. That was the other thing, Mo. Yeah, you saw that. That's no offense to the undrafted 11-year NFL guy. Talk stuff, DK. Okay, but that's first-round material. Yeah. Okay? There's, there's a want-to, and then there's a can. Yeah. All right? And when you see him, when you see this kid going outside – the box like that saying come on seriously who else anybody else <laughs> okay uh it was it was amazing stuff but then to see him afterward just I'll try to do this it, like he was sitting on a stool okay but he had his shoulders way up no yeah. slump no nothing he was looking around to say something to somebody that it didn't energy. matter who it was okay uh if if Mike Tomlin had been in that room, and I'm sure Tomlin has seen this and noticed it and appreciated it for mm-hmm. himself, he probably would have run up to that kid and give him a hug. Yeah. Because because that type of stuff, to your point, like you said, DK, that's, that possibly turned him into a bigger pro. Because the first couple of games he got in and started and played well, I think they won the first two that he was in. Yes. So he, he probably thought this was cake. This league is easy. That that is a that that's something of that like guys have to learn of becoming a stiller too. To your point, you think if you go in and you got a bunch of vets and you guys, this is a standard and Coach T's been here in all these years and hey, we are the stillers. There is that cockiness 
that smugness, okay, that ego of being a part of a team like that, though, DK, I will give you that. So him starting the way he did with a whole bunch of fanfare, because a lot of, I know a lot of our content and everybody that we talked to in this podcast was begging for Broderick. And then you hit a skid. And then people hate you. And then, of course, you have some bad games, too. We didn't bring up enough how he had his iffy moments, DK, over the before the the games before these last two games, he had some iffy moments too. DK, now he understands what it takes, how hard it is to get 200 yards a game, how hard it is to win in this league. So if this was his aha moment of him just relishing DK in his locker like this and just yelling out "bully ball," what do you think is going to happen for the guys next year? They're to quote Coach T, their standard. The idea that this is how we move forward and play football. I, somebody just asked a question a second ago. Uh, we're not even in the Hey Moan segment, DK. Let mm-hmm. me find it while I continue. Here we go, right here, from Brent Haynes. From okay. Brent Haynes said this. Hey, Moan, how long do you think it'll be before Jones takes on the O-line leader? Do you think he will? I think it'll be because of his works, the idea that he hates losing, and also being in an embarrassing group. This group was embarrassing for a stretch of games, DK. They were. So when you sit back in your locker and you just – <laughs> yell out bully ball what's to happen from there now we got to go chase that feeling yeah that's it, it's more than anything I, I think with that kid's personality uh hearing him pipe up was new for me i'm not gonna okay. lie okay but seeing the rest of it and then seeing it in combination i don't know if he's gonna be that guy who leads all the time uh he's because he's not a talker he'll sit there with that little kind of he has this kind of little half smile on his face <laughs> like the joker yeah 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 right he'll sit there and he'll sit there and do that uh but i also can see somebody who will say something when it needs to be said and who's now going to feel like he can't he's not in this lineup on yeah. some sort of temporary basis okay uh. he is a part of this offensive line he will be here let me put this another way when all the rest of these guys are gone facts okay proof there yeah i i just i i really happen to believe that so i i I know everyone wants to talk about other stuff that's not related to football as we found out over the past couple of days (laughs) you come here for actual football (laughs) content we can talk about anything that you want because coming up right after this is the only segment that matters. And that's Hey Mo. That, that's Hey Mo. <laughs> Get your merch, man. At DK Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects. This is, of course, our first program since, well, since the new year. It so is. we have a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff to talk about. First off, the boss wants everyone to know that if you've just made it in here, we do have quite the amazing Ramon Foster show community growing by leaps and bounds every week, literally and passionately uh, to, to, to do that, to become a part of that. Just subscribe, go to the, go to youtube.com slash or at Pittsburgh, uh, DK Pittsburgh sports Steelers. I'm struggling here. She can tell Uh, she's making a physical (laughs) physical face at me there. I'm not sure why this message went up. Uh, Okay. There People from Twitter can now post comments, but they can't see the live oh, chat. Oh, welcome, Twitter people. Uh, yeah, thanks, people. Yeah. I somehow went right past there. Joshua Dobbs begs us, no, Kenny Pickett drama BS. No, no, no. Well, guess what? It is our first show uh, since all of that stuff went down. I know, man. And we, we tend to not avoid the hard subjects here, so we're going to keep this real simple and clean here and not take up the whole program with it. But, Moan, I want your thoughts, okay? This is a hypothetical and a half on what would happen to any player, any player who would go into an office with Mike Tomlin and say to him, Coach, I refuse to be the backup quarterback today. I refuse to back up that guy today. It's happened before. 
I'll get to that in a second. But here's the thing that you guys got to realize just real quick. And I'm going to get off of this one. Stuff is always said on social media. It just is whether true or not, whether it's half true or not. And when it comes down to who do you believe, just go with your gut on this type of stuff. When it comes to players and what they say and what others interpret, I've seen a guy, DK, say that he was done. He quit. Yeah, he quit. Retired. Re- quits. He quit. Screw it. Quit in camp one year. And we as players were trying to get him back. Like, no, bro, this is a great opportunity for you. You can make it here on this team. You, you don't have to quit. Like, you can play for us. And you know what happened? We Some of us went to Coach T and told him about this situation of the player saying he want to quit. You know what Coach T said? Don't save him. No, we got to beg him to come and play for us. He don't need to be with us. So you know what we did? Shut the hell up. (laughs) Okay? We did. And that's the truth about being a pro. If you tell a coach no, when you don't have enough stock in your your stocking, okay, to actually be able to say, I don't want that or I'm not showing up, he ain't got enough power to say that. I, I won't deny that he did. But if he did, DK, the history of Coach T will suggest that he's probably no longer going to be a part of the team. That's just the way it goes. I've seen it happen. And he just he's always been adamant. If you're with us, I'm with you. Now, I know business comes and we got to cut guys. But for somebody to say, no, nah, I'm good. Can you imagine DK saying, no, nah, I'm good? I'm going to try this one more time. Okay. It's week 17. You're on the road. You're on the West Coast. And hypothetically speaking, you walk into Mike Tomlin's office and say, no, I refuse to be that guy's backup. What happens to you? You get fired, DK. I mean, you are fired into the hot sun. He would take you out to the Space Needle there in Seattle and launch you off of that thing into orbit. Yep. Okay? Which is part of why this whole thing never should have gotten, well, figuratively off the ground. This whole thing. This, I'll tell you what, you know who I blame for all this? Honestly? Who's that? People for falling for it. I mean, it's just, it was, the whole thing was so absurd, so ridiculous. And, and and if I sound bitter that I had to waste the better part of you know a day myself talking to people and getting information and putting it up and trying to keep everything real... Uh, not not to, you know, to keep things positive or whatever. You know, I mean, I, I'll report it whichever way it goes, okay? But this was so outlandish that I'm honestly more disappointed in the public than anybody. Like, really? You fell for this? It's so many things. It's this right here. Volunteers, not hostages. He lived by that. And here's the other one. Even a B didn't survive it. No. Okay, we, everybody saw how that broke down. It was more information about AB situation that got out than I feel like Kenny's. Here's the thing, though, too. Kenny publicly denied it. So for the people that say they know or got it directly from him, whether he lied or not, you are now currently on the wrong side of it. Whether he's lying or not, you're currently on the wrong side of it because – until he come out in the interview in his in his retirement or something, they say, "Yeah, I told Coach I didn't want to go play." You're currently wrong. Yeah, um, I got to tell you, Moan, from so many different sides. Now this this thing never happened. Uh, this was something that somebody I, I believe on the inside actually tried to tried to start something for whatever reason, and then it makes its way to one person, and that's a person you know who you know, gets heard by a handful of people and then there it goes. Uh, but Hey, it, I'm going to say it again. It never gets off the ground. If people don't believe it, if people just go, wait a second, what was that? And, oh, I, I will go on this journalistic kick right here, but I, I refuse to, it, it's so much information that I always get out there and people always want it. No matter what I saw, God is weekend controlled, right? For no particular, it was a sports take that he had. And you know, all he was worried about, not about being wrong, he was just worried about how many impressions he can get by people visiting his social media account. And I was just like, this is the weirdest era of reporting that we've ever been in on how people get their rocks off on just seven people look at their tweets or social media posts. Again, he said he didn't say it. 
as far as Kenny's concerned, and I'll roll with that. And I got a feeling, DK, you talk directly to a very strong source of yours, too, despite what people will have to say. It uh, That, to me, ain't the biggest story of it all. Here's the thing about it. He wasn't ready. He didn't play. Mason went out and played, and Mason won the game big time. And that wasn't just a cake-assisted win. Mason won- helped win that game for sure. Yeah, the, the, the biggest thing here, really, more than anything else, is that we're – where this football team is, and this was the only part of, of, of the stuff that, that, that Kenny said today that I kind of had a little bit of an issue with, was he seems to really want to get the point out that he's the guy still, okay? And, and, and he was doing that last week too, which I think is part of what maybe made this thing seem somewhat plausible, okay? But there's a big difference between being competitive and wanting to be the guy, which – Really, everybody should. And telling your coach, I refuse to take the field, okay, yeah. which is which is bizarre, okay, and did not happen, okay? There's a massive difference there. Where, where this whole thing is concerned, Mason Rudolph has won this job. Yeah, he did. And I don't know. And I wrote about this from Seattle. Mo. You actually sent me a kind note after reading it. I appreciate that. Yeah, that was uh, a really comments. good article, by the way. If y'all don't have the DK Pittsburgh app, you got to go get it. Uh, I, I just, I looked at it and said, you know, this, look at what he's doing. Yeah. What, 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 out of, what of that do you think is, is, is your imagination here? it's not. And here's the other thing, too. Shout out to you, JT, man. He says, hey, Mon, wasn't it nice to see our quarterback, Mason Rudolph, grow through his progressions and stay in the pocket the last two weeks? So calm in the pocket. Not even just that. Even the low snap that uh, Mason Cole had, he was calm about it. It wasn't, a, you know, a scattered moment where it was like, hey, hey, where am I going? Mm-hmm. That's also what we're talking about. Like, when I tell you guys the moments that we had with being in the huddle, DK, you know I've said this. I painted that picture before about what it meant to have seven in the huddle. He comes in and tell you what we're going to do, how we're going to do it, and I just need you to do your job. That sense mm-hmm. of calm right there, like Rich Dollar says, look like a pro, gives confidence to everybody else because I don't know what I'm going to get out of my backup, right, or the guy that's in at quarterback. That makes me worry about doing my job or trying to overdo my job. That's the reason why you have guys who come in as new starters or backups, no matter who they are, whether it be Byron Leftwich, Mike Vick, Charlie Batch, Dennis Dixon, I mean, Landry Jones, Devlin Hodges. I can go on and on and on. You know what you always have to worry about with them? Mm. Seeing their hands shake just a little bit. Like watching them be scattered, not knowing where they're going with the ball, moving the pocket when they're not supposed to. And then, you know, knock against those guys. And some of those guys didn't do that. I thought Byron Leftwich was very good. So was Charlie, too. But no matter how much experience you get, that backup always comes in and has you on tilt when it comes down to how you do your job. Also, you guys even seeing Mason do his job in a calm, effective way, make you as fans better. It just make you feel like I don't think anybody at any point in that game this past weekend against the Seahawks felt like Pittsburgh was going to get blown out or lose the game. No. Did you no. feel that at all, DK? Uh, no, not after the opening series. I'm not going to lie here. When I saw the first, you know, the first carry of the game went to Najee Harris and it was for either five or seven yards. Yes. Kind of fell forward. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and just like that, he was, you know, you saw that there was going to be something there. There was going to be some push from the line. I understand it was just one play, but you see that here it was four yards. Yeah. Um, and after that, then a one. And then after that, Mason uh, hits Deontay Johnson for the 13 yarder. Okay. And, I, that might have been the one where Deontay was called for a fumble or something like that. As uh, it was going out yeah, yeah, yeah. And Mason himself said after the game, he said, you know, once we hit that, it felt like there was a play, meaning the one where Deontay fumbled. Uh, it, it felt like we were going to be able to do both of the things that we needed to do, but especially running the ball, especially. You know what, you know what you're also seeing from this group, too? That mm. long catch that Deontay had where he had to stretch over the middle like he had I had a uh, yeah, buddy yeah. My, that transcontinental route where yeah. he had to stretch out for it. 42 yarder, yeah. You know what you're also seeing too? And we don't talk mm. enough about this. You're seeing defenses back off a little bit. You're seeing the zone actually open up a little bit more because you know the guy is actually going to go down the field with the ball if it's there. 
Watching mm-hmm. watching those wide receivers carry their defenders out of the zone so Deontay can open up, I don't think we've seen the defense respect the talent that those wide receivers have. What Pat Fryermuth has available to him, you don't see that. Now, in obvious run situations where you know uh, where, where you know Najee or Jalen's going to get the ball, guess what is still happening right now? They're moving yeah. the line of scrimmage because they know they got a guy that can move the chains for them if they need to. Like, the amount of, of, of just motivation in the last couple of games that's been added to that group, I'm sure they feel like they got a real chance like of being pros for an extended amount of time because, yes, Mason is making sure everybody sleep well right now. Yeah, Golly, this is it's fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, that that's the thing that, that jumps out here more than anything. I, I really believe that. I just – I think he has instilled this offense – with a confidence, a poise, and I'm going to use the word again, identity that was not there before. You know, when Jalen Warren told me after the game, he said, uh, we didn't come in here to play their game. We came in here to play our game. Uh, That is not stuff you've heard from anyone on this offense for years. (laughs) Okay. And that's when they feel like we, we can do what we, not just what we need to do out here, but what we want to do. Yeah, out yeah. here, and and it's really impressive. And the thing that I don't understand is that everyone just seems to be doing this regarding Mason. Like everyone's like just going to the edge. No, 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 no. Then they go back, and then they go into the edge again, and then they pull back again. In here, it's like, come on, man. It's it's reputation, man. Um, I want it's s- legit. It's, yeah, it's, it is. Yeah. You, you know what, too, is uh, I had a, a good conversation with some friends of mine, too. And again, I, I get why the the what do you want to hesitancy is there, DK, though, too, because he's addressing a lot of stuff and saying a lot of things too. his post game was daggone good um, during the week. It was really good. Everything. And this is one that I'm glad he addressed. And I think Ben said something about it, too. The Ben Mason conversation both essentially said the exact same thing. And both I thought was very professional. Ben, of course, said Mason kind of rejected him. And Ben actually said that stuff while we were playing. Like, man, I tried to help him, you know, and those types of things. And Mason, I think, was a little bit, I don't want to call him bitter, but just high strong. Okay. And his approach to where he was and how his career was going. But Mason was also very honest about it, too, after Ben said what he said. It was this from Mason. He said, I'm going to read the entire quote because I thought it was legit. It addressed every single thing about why he is where he is, meaning he learned behind Ben, he understood his role, but he also understood why they didn't connect. And it was this. He said, I don't take it for granted There's as far as learning from Ben. I don't take it for granted. There's not many players that can come in and learn from a Hall of Fame quarterback. He was a guy I watched, one of my favorites through college, and so be it at and, and so being at it for 18 years, he had a mode of operation, his preparation. He sort of prepared independently. I wouldn't say we were close, but he did his job. He had a job to do, has a team to lead, and I get that. There were plenty of times he would answer questions I had. There was no bad blood. We weren't close. But would you expect a 37 to 38-year-old to be best friends with a 23-year-old? Yeah, there's also that. I and mean, as people if you can share with people what a massive divide oh, that is in the wow. locker room. It, it you might as well be you might as well be an alien from outer space. Me at, at 32 33, it was different talking to Derwin Gray. Even Chooks. Like Chooks is my dude, but like their methods of operation and imagine being at 37 38 talking to Mason at that time who would also been said that you know he's that's his, that's the guy that's coming to take his job. Mm-hmm. There is a difference. And some guys do, you know, become chameleons to the way the age gap is in the locker room. And some just don't because you understand what's in front of you and you're probably more out than in. Like, I think Patrick Peterson's probably done a really good job with it. But here's the thing. Patrick Peterson and Joey Porter Jr. don't play the same position either. So it's that side of it, the mentoring side of it. Um, you can be closer to guys when there's a closer age gap to it. I don't think what Mason said was wrong, and I don't think what Ben said was wrong, and I don't think it make either one of them be uh, bad teammates either. I know a lot of people said Ben did a bad job of mentoring uh, Mason. 
but even Mason acknowledged, like, that's Ben's team. And Ben did do his own stuff independently outside of the building. It wasn't like he was sitting around with the guys and watching tape with the other quarterbacks. He has his method of, of uh, studying the tape, and you can't fault him for that. I give more kudos to Mason for just acknowledging, like, yeah, it was just different. And I got to go learn it on my own. But it also shows this, too. Mason picked up on a lot of traits that seemed like that Ben did, at least operationally, right, as an operation. I don't think we see Kenny picking up on anything that anybody's had in front of him. Meaning if he learning from Mitch, that's probably bad luck anyway. And the fact that he's just trying to figure it out with a very young, to, to Kenny pick his credit, a very young offense, a bad offensive coordinator that he had that got fired, and also with a new reshaped offensive line. There's a lot that goes into you saying the guy's a bad teammate or not. I'm glad Mason was very adult about his response because he could have said a lot of other stuff. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. And I know you know about them. JT barges in here, as a lot of people have been trying to do to bring up Nick Herbig. And he says, let's hear it for that Herbig sack and strip to cause the fumble. That took the wind out of the Seahawks' sails. Key play. Moan, what can you say about this kid? He answers the call. He answers the bell anytime it's called DK, or he answers the call every time his bell is wrong. He just is. And you got to think, he usually rushes over the right tackle side where TJ rushes at, mm-hmm. and he went over to the left side. One play, DK, and he's got a strip fumble. That right there is how you build culture and the legacy of guys where when you go out, and Alex Highsmith has been somewhat hot, somewhat cold at times. Well, there is no drop-off when the backup comes in. And if you look at it also, when we're speaking about mentorship, mm-hmm. whose move did he use? That was TJ's pass. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's rush. no doubt. And 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 he's and, and this kid is always one who will yell out uh, you know, whose move it was. He'll he'll give the credit in a in a heartbeat. He is I have a question. This is gonna be a trivia question for everybody here. How many snaps, how many defensive snaps? Did Nick Herbig get in Seattle? How many times I, was he actually on the football field? Go ahead, Moan. Four. Two. Two? Two. And that was one of them. So that Somehow that was cause for balloons. <laughs> the two. Answers. You like that? Yes, How about two. that? Oh, they got that the answers is... for you, DK. Uh, they knew? Yeah, everybody's got two. So we got yeah. two snaps, and he had it's, a sack. It's absolutely crazy. Uh, what this kid <laughs> has done with his very limited playing time. But you know what? I I remember that there was a guy named Ramon Foster who was calling this way back with the draft. Uh, you loved this kid. And tell, tell me why. You know, what was there at the time for you? He had that drive about him, that, and he was quiet. You listen to everybody talk about him. He had not, they had nothing to say other than the fact that he just watches and listens and learn. He had a motor about him. You knew he had that underdog mentality and he idolizes TJ. You can't let down your idols, DK, whenever you walk into the same building as them. The same way I felt about Keanu Benton, too. And everybody felt this about Keanu Benton. Did you see him, Reggie White? Oh, hump, dude. Hump, throw somebody? Oh, yes. my. They should be defensively in a good space. With that young core that they have between Joey Porter Jr. and DK Pittsburgh. Sorry. Those three, <laughs> Nick Herbig, Keanu Ben, and Joey Porter Jr. They should be well, in a good space culturally, DK. Yeah, that's the the thing is, is, you know, whenever this subject comes up with Tomlin, he'll he'll have the biggest smile of all because he loves his young defensive guys. And you know, for a fact, he loves defense more than offense. Okay. And when he's, when he's got these guys making plays like this uh, and he sees the type of character that they have, um, he, he, there's a, there's a little something extra that comes out of him. The guy that he keeps mentioning, for example, uh, you know, are are the guys that they've had fill in on defense, Mm -hmm. you know, guys who've come in, uh, you know, the row, type players who've come in at safety and, and, and done the job. Michael Walker, these guys that are basically just off the street. Uh, Miles Jack's not off the street, but he's off the couch. Heck, he was retired. And, and, and yeah, it's it's a little bit different here. Um, Nick Herbig kind of reminds me of a, one of those boxers that you see, those young boxers from old movies. Yeah. Here, if, if anybody doesn't know what I mean, watch this. I got a little something here for you from Seattle. 
Nick, for, for a guy who's not on the field that much, you're making a lot of big plays. How do you keep yourself that sharp? Oh man, it's just really shout out to you know my coach Denzel, man. He he always stays on me about that, and he's like, man, you need to when you step in there, like the standard is a standard. You know, we got Hall of Famers in front of me, so I gotta come in and essentially play like a Hall of Famer. Um, so you know that 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 big shout out to Denzel. For he's referring, of course, to Denzel, Denzel Martin, Martin. But you see what I'm talking about there? Like, hey, get waiting- Denzel out of here, DK. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm waiting for him to go back to the corner and have Burgess Meredith that are training him saying, come on, champ. Come on, champ. You can do it, champ. Uh, By the way, man, shout out to Coach Denzel Martin. Came in as a GA, pushing papers, working on the offensive side of the ball. And and this is one of those. He got elevated in-house for that job right there. But he knows it. Coach Tatum trained him on what he wanted. So to hear him say, Shout out to Coach Denzel. That takes it back to me when we were watching Denzel yeah. run around like a chicken with his head cut off. He is what what and, and for anybody who didn't understand what he meant, Denzel Martin is on the sideline keeping him sharp or attempting to keep him sharp because he knows it's not the same. He's part of the special teams. He's out there for all the special teams. But for him to be ready to make not just to go out there and take up somebody's oxygen yeah. for a couple minutes, but go out there and do that. Because that's what you're capable of. And as you heard the kid himself saying, I've got a Hall of Famer in front of me. Uh, I have to do the same thing he's doing. So real quick, too, just on that. That's also one of those situations to where – one of those situations where uh, staff size, right? And, of course, that can always be big. But when you keep it small like that at times, that's where the message somewhat stays the same. There's that there's that advantage of a smaller staff right there. I know video replay. I know the analytic side of, of, of sports probably needs to be, you know, incorporated more in Pittsburgh inside that building, 3400 South Water Street. But that's where the advantage of having a smaller staff keeps the message that much tighter and that much the same. That's interesting. I wouldn't have thought of that. That's, that's I, I see what you're saying. You see, like – and I, I mean, get it. Denzel's responsible, basically, if you get right down to it, for one player, because he's not coaching up TJ. I mean, he is, but he's not. He's he's coaching up Alex Highsmith to an extent, but he's not. He's definitely not coaching up Marcus Golden. So who's he coaching? Well, he's got one goal, and he's actually accomplishing <laughs> that too. But to be fair to Denzel, let me say this too. I have seen coaches walk in that building, and the players are like, what the bleep is he saying? at their own position. <laughs> so, again, Denzel's my guy, and I watch him come up the hard way. He came up the long way, DK. So I can respect him actually getting the uh, get, 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 getting him to be a pro, man. It's big for Nick Herbert. But two plays, one sack? You saw the look on Geno's face. Oh, one strip sack. Because he recovered his own fumble. That's TJ-like. Crazy. Okay? he He got back there. He got the ball, which, by the way, is something that, that that Nick also talked about where he said that 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 specific play, that swipe of the football, he goes, it's just it's just what we do, and he meant his room. Yeah, There's none of the four of us that wouldn't be making that same exact motion when we get back there. We, we expect each other in this room to get the football. Uh, you know, spe- you'll see a lot of guys tackle that way on the Steelers, actually. Speaking of that, who's – Who's leading the league in sacks? Oh, that would be your team MVP as of today. Wow. That would be that would be your Trent Jordan Watt. He is uh he did not have a TJ like game in Seattle. He he got well, he got held. That's what I was gonna say. Hell, he was getting rid of the ball <laughs> I mean, super fast. He was there. And, if that was- Geno Smith was I mean, man, was Geno good. Yeah. I, I mean, you want to talk about a guy in his thirties finding a, a, you know, finding his best self and finding his his NFL career at a certain stage. Gino was just so good. Um, take nothing away from the Seahawks. I, I thought, you know, they obviously had their one great gigantic shortcoming that they couldn't stop the run. But man, was Gino good, and he and he made sure that TJ wouldn't get to him. Yeah. By the way, I, I have to ask you because you've seen numerous corners around this league, but. When it comes to Joy Porter Jr., how he stood up against DK Metcalf, what you what what, what grade you giving that man? A soft C, B plus? Because he know, had over hundred yards. He did. You know the, the funny thing. I mean, 
DK Metcalf had his plays. He also had his plays where he was he was coming open. He was coming open across the middle. Mm-hmm. He was coming across late when Gino was getting good protection. So not all of those the, the not all of those catches. It was only I believe three catches on six targets. So it wasn't like some big you know what I mean? Yeah, massive kind of output or whatever. But he he got what he he, he got something. He didn't get nothing. So he he got a decent grade, but. But Joey Porter Jr. did his job. He did. Came down to that final play. You know, tell mm-hmm. me through that, Moan. You know, the little, you know, not little, the, the, the kid there uh, who's in that sequence there. You know, what, what do you think is going through his head? Don't lose. I can't lose. Because that's got to be his mentality. We know who his pops is, right? That play, yeah. you're talking about on the tight red zone, he threw it to DK and it came out right there? Oh, yeah. That one mm-hmm. right there was him playing man-to-man, swiping through the hands. You look at everything that he did. He wasn't over his back. He played around and threw him and swiped that ball down so that DK couldn't catch his hands. Like, the ball comes within DK net calf. One, it's hard to get around him. I, on holding call, this is another component of what Joey Porter Jr. Too, did, too. He mm-hmm. got in the head, I think, of DK so much. That big run that was called back because of the holding on him mm-hmm. is because of how Joey Porter Jr. talked this week. And also played against him some too. So when you got down to the 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 tight minutes of this game, where you had to have a play be made, he didn't go around him. He played around him. I mean, he didn't go through him. He played around him, DK, to where he just if I swipe his hands, I got something. I thought that was one of the better plays that he made on the day. That and that Walker big run, DK. I thought both of those were big time plays by Joey Porter Jr. Because I don't think he wanted to hit Kenneth Walker. I will say that I heard the commentator say that too, and he sold it enough that he got a holding call. Yeah, th- there was there was a lot to like about Joey Porter Jr.'s game. A lot of that gets lost, uh, but for me, it, it really it came down to that final play and the fact yeah. that look, whatever it was, th- this is you've talked about this a lot about the short memory and everything else that you need to have in football, uh, yeah. especially probably at that position more than any other. You still have to think to yourself, not only do I need to win this next play, but I'm going to win this next play. If anybody wants to know how Joey Porter Jr. approached this last play, a certain somebody asked him about this in Seattle afterward. You will like this. Can you can you take us through that last play in the end zone? Yeah, they just try to try the young guy on the field, and uh, <laughs> I just you know stand my ground, hold my own. Uh, this was something I was looking forward to all week, so I got a little taste of that. They tried the young guy. <laughs> he took it personally. That they would throw from Metcalf in the end zone. He thought that was about him. No, he, they should have won at Joey Porter Jr., to be honest with you. But I'm glad he understood why. Again, your dad is a legacy in this league, a Super Bowl winner, man, a menace. They're going to go at you just based off the that. And the fact that you're a young guy right now, much respect for him for actually acknowledging that, DK, because guys like to act like stuff like this don't happen. New starter, young guy. Oh, yeah, I'm going to try him too, DK. So good on him for understanding. He also had to battle back uh, from an injury earlier in the game. He, he did go down. Tent. Still don't know exactly what that was all about. That was not divulged. Uh, but the fact that he was able to not only come back, but also to win the game. You know, Moan. Yeah. Yeah, you see how we're doing this? We're talking about football. This is we, why people come to this show. Yeah, you know, we got the business out of the way. We gave it its, you know, we we put it in there. We sneaked it in a little segment there in the middle. Yeah, I got <laughs> we got some good hey moans too, man. By the way, Avery, Avery Drones, you're, you're petty. Okay, Devin Bush got 17 tackles, diving no piles. Y'all are petty. It's not what Devin Bush did though. They were piling into him. He. They were they were looking for you. him. You've never seen a worse 17 tackle performance in the history of the National Football League. They're just like, where's zero? Where there he is. There he is. <laughs> Boom. And he's like trying to get out of the way and stuff. And it's like, wow. So what you're telling me is he was on the back end of the snow plow. <laughs> oh, is that- it was oh. he he might as well have had a, a, a giant like uh who was that dude in Public Enemy that had the clock? Or uh, Flavor Flav. but like with a big target on it. <laughs> just coming at him. Boom, boom, boom. That was hey. 
That was really something to see. Hey, dog, uh, what is wrong with you, DK? Hey, yeah. shout out to y'all too, DK. We can't, we can't just over. We can't throw that out the window, man. Dolly, oh, 2036 oh. in and out since four, man. Y'all some real ones, okay? Wow, that's actually really cool. Now, I hadn't even looked up and noticed that. I've been so mesmerized by the quality of the programming. Yeah, by the way, too, <laughs> I did see this, too. I saw there was a, still supposed to picture Joey Porter Jr. He looked mm -hmm. just like his dad. Tony oh, Carlson got it. I mean, guys, you just saw the video I put up, right? It was like I was talking to talking to Joey Sr., except that Joey Sr. obviously has the wider. Bigger. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bigger. yeah. Uh, he I looked. just... There was there was a there was a lot to like about this. There there really was, Moan. And I, I have a lot of respect for how they played, for how they picked themselves up. And you know what? In general, I mean, let's let's there's a, there's an elephant in the room here, and it's not some silliness off of a of, of a phony radio report. Okay. Mm -hmm. The realness here is that this team's two games over, you know, or this team is where it is in terms of the record right now. Crazy. And I mean they can they can make the playoffs, and you feel better about it, wouldn't you? <sighs> yes, but not the way you think. No, 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 no. Okay, tell me what you feel, and I'll tell you what I've seen and how I feel about this one too. If this team had just kept winning games the way they were in the first half, you know, all those really like uh, kind of Ws where there's one drive in the fourth quarter that everybody's yeah. happy about, and 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 that, but that's not it. You escaping okay. with the win is what you're saying. Yeah, okay. I, I got here. I've got Najee Harris for 122 yards on 27 carries. I've got Jalen Warren for 75 yards on 13 carries. I've got three touchdowns between those two guys, and it should have been a fourth if Najee doesn't slide. Four rushing touchdowns in a football game, right? Mm -hmm. 40 carries in a football game. Six keepers for Mason Rudolph. That's 46 rushing plays, okay? I've got George Pickens catching the ball seven times on nine targets for 131 yards. I mean, I could keep doing this. It's not fake, Moan. Yeah. Okay? So, uh, that That's not a – that's not, oh, we did it. Yeah. Okay? So, it's very different. So what you're saying is they're thriving and not just surviving. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. You can talk all you want about who they're playing and what their opponent is, and I, I don't have to go very far back to remind everybody what it looks like when you play a 2-10 and 10 opponent at home that you're supposed to be cleaning up on. Yeah. And the starting quarterback. It, it's just everyone seems to want to dump on this, you know, and, and that just doesn't make sense to me. He's 28. Mason's 28 years old. Yeah. Yeah, he is. He's a young dude. I, I, this is uh, Sala yeah. right there. Hey, Moan, Richard. You, yeah, he, go ahead. Uh, Richard goes, hey, Moan, do you think Tennessee has a real chance to beat Jacksonville this Sunday? Everything's stacked up against them. They they got to go out. It depends on if Will Levis uh, plays, I think, more than anything. Y'all talk about O-line issues. This group down here got some real, I'm talking about real bad issues. Okay, started here. Yeah, and and Josh here. They Allen, banged up. Mm -hmm. Josh Allen, the outside linebacker, is actually behind TJ, and who else is behind TJ? He's behind TJ Watt and sacks with 16 and a half. Dude is a menace. Okay, so uh, if you got a back uh, O-line, I don't know. It's going to be tougher than the win this one. Yeah, I mean, one of the nice things about the Saturday 4.30 time is that you don't have to we got to get you know, score guard, scoreboard watch, and you don't have to wonder if the game is relevant. Of course, it's relevant. You're playing for your life. Can, can I bring you down real quick on something? Yeah, yeah. This one right here from Marlon Red. Got to get him a membership. What are you doing, Marlon? Yeah, oh, come come on, what you got going on, Marlon? Hit that like button too while y'all in here, okay? Uh, but Marlon goes, Hey, Marlon, what if Canada just had the wrong quarterback? You know what, Marlon? We'll never know because you know why? Kenny Pickett was a starter this year. Ain't no other way around it. He was on board, I'm sure, with drafting Kenny Pickett out of Pitt because he knew him also. So if that's the case, then that's the him problem. But whether it was Mason, whether Matt Canada would have did better with Mason or not, that wasn't his call because your franchise quarterback was the one that started the season this year. And it's just because of his injuries um, that we get an opportunity to see Mason right now. 
Max says that the 23 draft class seems like it's going to be one of the best in Steelers history. I mean, it's it's got that possibility. And remember that part of the reason for that is that you do get the bonus pick. Okay. And Joey Porter Jr. was that bonus pick. So if you get yourself your starting tackle, you know, and a starting shutdown corner who allows you to deploy, you know, fewer defensive backs because he's on the field. And then Keanu Benton becomes a part of your, you know, Nick Herbig makes it out onto the field at some point. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot going on there, you know. Uh, also about the Nick Herbig thing, too. I saw somebody say, why aren't we putting him in a rotation? Well, well, he also plays a crap ton of plays yeah, on really special does. teams, too. That's not nothing, people. <laughs> yeah, that's not nothing. That dude is up there as far as special teams. I think he ended up uh, – uh, almost having them backed up on one of his uh blocks. I saw somebody pass up on the tackle that he went face first in. That's that face into the fan thing. Huh? <laughs> yeah, it's face into the fan for sure. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Oh, Ian, a good point here from uh, let me put this up here. No, it wasn't this one, it was uh, right here from Kevin. It says, Don't forget Mount Washington, Darnell Washington, who has you know, he has some uh maturity that he can still show in terms of catching the football and everything else. Actually, he has maturity to go in terms of blocking as well. Go ahead, Mo. You know what I was going to say also to that mm. point? You see, since this offense has been flowing, nobody's been asking for the Mount Washington catches because no, we were searching for works. anything. But you anything. also you got the best out of him too because on that second touchdown by Najee, it was him and also Pat, uh, Pat that helped drag him into the end zone. They started it first before anybody else did. The tight ends were working that – you know what's off, DK. Yeah, Ben comes in uh, from, from New Zealand and says that uh, Golden and Herbig aren't getting that many reps because only out on defense for 40, 50 snaps because of this rushing offense. That's right. It's, it's, that's part of the identity. And the thing that made all of that happen, the difference, not the only difference, but the primary difference has been having Mason Rudolph out there. He's been that good. That's not a Mason versus Kenny thing or whatever else here. He's just been that good. It's not even an opinion at this point. Just look at the numbers. Yeah, man, it's just that good. There's, and and I was wrong. I thought for sure that George Pickens was going to take a back seat, but you know what Mason's done? Nobody's ever going to notice this because oh. it's it's one of the most unspoken things that you can't really say. Mm. He's essentially made the uh, made George his number one. Deontay too. And, and and leave it alone. And that ain't a bad thing. <laughs> that is not a bad well, thing. It's also part of Mason's natural tendency. Okay. I mean, he's a he's a deep baller. He he has no problem throwing the ball deep. He has no problem being aggressive. It's his nature. It's the way he played all through his entire collegiate career at Oklahoma State. And they've got I asked George Pickens after the game. I said, I said, uh, is, is you feel like Mason's starting to develop some trust in you? He goes, and, and George said to me, his eyes got like this, and he said, we trust each other. <laughs> okay? Like almost in a, in a, in a finger-wagging kind of way, like get it right, okay? <laughs> I was talking to – as I was talking to George, by the way, Deontay was there too, so it was just the three of us. And one of the subjects that came up – you'll like this, Moan. Tell me about I, it. I, I said to them, I said, you know what's funny? I said, I thought – that they were supposed to take away this guy, and I pointed to George, because the Bengals let you run free, and Deontay jumps in and he says, "Can't take it away if you keep attacking it." <laughs> and he's right that that goes to line with, and he's right though, okay, because that goes to what Jalen said to me earlier, right? Yeah, which is that we didn't come in here to play their game; we came in here to play ours. If we want George Pickens to be part of this, now some of that is on Matt Canada more than okay. Because remember, Canada would just say, like, you'd know in advance who was not going to get the ball. Yeah, because yeah. everybody was playing scared. Oh my gosh, and, and and we even heard some of that too at the end of the game. Coach T was mic'd up, and um, oh, he there was. was a, there was a clip out there that told um, Sully. Coach Sullivan, hey, let's not live in our fear. So I want to attack. Let's get a rhythm throw. Let's go right here on the play that ended up closing out the first down for, for Pittsburgh before the huh. two-minute. He told him, hey, we, let's get a rhythm throw. I don't want to be conservative here. If we're going to attack it, let's I didn't know go. This. Oh, really? it's That's a awesome. Beautiful clip. <laughs> and you know what he said? He was pointing to Joe. <laughs> he cursed it until he was talking to George Pickens. 
and told him, "Let's go bleep do let's go do this bleep." And then he said, "That's at the end of it after he called it George running off jumping like this." He told him, "That's how you do that freaky shit stuff." I was just like, <laughs> ah! "I had no idea about this." It's That's such tremendous. a beautiful clip. It is because it's to that point that we're just conservative. We don't, but it also is this too. You get confidence when you see a guy flowing the way he does. You, you remember that that Colts ball that I showed you, being six touchdowns yeah, in the game. Yeah, yeah. You don't stop it when it's good. You just don't. And it was no. good. So Coach T told him, roll with it. Don't live in your fears, man. My guy is Pat Fryermuth, and I'm going to share a Big Pat Fryermuth story with you here, and we have to call it a day here for real because I got to go cover this hockey game up the road. Oh, come on, DK. And I mean, you know. Okay. All right. All right. Penguins versus Capitals. This is a big that's game. Fair. That's fair. I, I'll take that. Tell me about. Tell me about Big Pat. Big Pat. Naji was telling this story afterwards. I can't take any credit for it, but that Pat was chasing him around after plays the whole day, saying, "Did you see the block I threw for you? <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that?" And Naji is like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw you there because Fryermuth was also part of the that whole pack." For the legendary, already legendary four-yard run into the end zone. You know what I'm yeah, talking about, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. And man, and and, and and apparently he's just he's just running every single time and on the sideline and everything. I I'm, I was the one I threw that one over there for you. That was me. Yeah. And but then Pat also came up with big plays across the middle, uh, made himself seen. And Mason is not afraid to throw the ball there. He's not afraid to stand in there. How do you like? Mason's poise yeah. on his throws across the middle to root to uh to Fryermuth, where you just see Mason just goes like statue. Yeah, no. yeah, that that was better than mine. Yeah, it's like this. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm not messing around. I got a tight end there who's going to catch this football, and I am going to get this to him. I don't care what you're doing around me. I'm telling you, Moan, there's something there. There's yeah. something there. Yeah, that's 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 good, right? I'm Pat Fryermuth. I can do anything, Najee. Um, <laughs> but but that's one of those things too, to where it, it's uh it's this right here. And I know we said we was in it. I that's I, I wouldn't even see this until I saw it. Okay, JT. JT said Kenny looks at a primary receiver and then get nervous and run. Mason stays calm. Ben even commented about it. It's those two things to where those guys said this last week against since Deontay said that, didn't he? I got an opportunity mm-hmm. to run my entire route. If y'all want to know how this squad feels, just listen to what those dudes are saying. Listen, listen. Okay, and, and pros like to know that if they do their job, then you're going to do your job. Here's the one thing that I think we all need to realize on how we judge and look at quarterbacks in the mobile quarterback era that we live in also is this. Sometimes, you, depending on the offense, you have to stay in the, in the pocket to make the offense work. With that being the case right there, too, there is something that, that Coach T says often. Everybody got something dirty about their job. I mean, the O-line, you might have to run down the field on the screen. Wide receivers, you might have to block. Hey, Joey Porter Jr., you're going to have to tackle a 240-pound running back, right? Okay, there's the Cam Hayward. You got to run after every play. Quarterback, this is what you have to do. Stay in the pocket, do your job until it's actually completed. That may mean pressure. Excuse me. That might mean pressuring your face. That might mean guys clawing all over you. That might that might mean you get hit to the ground. But what that doesn't entail is you running out of the pocket trying to find something to create when it's not there. If you go look at Ben and how he played it, just to reference him, he stayed there till he couldn't. He back up, come forward, and then he run outside the pocket. It wasn't thousand one, thousand two. Oh crap! Let me roll out. That ain't how you run an offense. That's how you get multiple amount of sacks. That's how you have negative plays. That's also how you get hurt because nobody can protect you then if you're just scrambling on your own. And that ain't a knock on Kenny. That's just the truth about anybody playing the quarterback position. Mitch even did that stuff, right? I cover a quarterback mm-hmm. down here in Nashville that somewhat can do that stuff at times too. And you get injured doing that type stuff. Andy gets the last word today. He says Mason's so humble in his press interviews and having a ball on the field, a real stand-up guy. I'm not seeing Mason – be anything other than who he is in these press settings, Moan. And, and you know him better than anybody. You were his stallmate there. Yeah, no. And what's cool, though, too, is you get a little bit of that old style. I was talking to my good buddy Alejandro Villanueva, and I could see the smile through his text message. 
Like, that's how excited he was for Mason. For Mason. That's cool. Yeah. And, of course, he tried to take credit for him. Like, bro, I built him. You didn't oh. build him, Al. If y'all know Al, that's always a joke. But uh, <laughs> he, he was just – you could hear and feel. And it was it's, it's me, him, Dave, and I Pounce in the chat. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He's just bragging on how he built up Mason. Like, fool, get out of here, man. But <laughs> – that's what you get when guys know you hustle and don't give it your all, man. That's good stuff. All right, guys, we'll be right back for the very short uh, post game here in like about uh, two seconds. As soon yeah, as I yeah. can find the button. So we have. Uh, Somebody remarking here that Kyler Murray showed up in Philadelphia. Did you see this from the Cardinals? No. Uh-uh. What happened? The Cardinals were playing the Eagles in Philadelphia, and Kyler Murray, in, you know, you know, we talk about what, what does Mike Tomlin say about the trap? Go into your trap. Walk into your trap, take over your trap. Walk into your trap and take over your trap. And it was, it was Kyler Murray who walks into Philadelphia to face the Eagles wearing a Sidney Crosby Penguin sweater. That is Sidney Crosby is their daddy in, in every way. Okay. Uh, it, you cannot overstate the amount of mutual hatred between Sid and Philadelphia. So Kyler Murray goes in there wearing a, an authentic Penguins 87 sweater, right? No comment, no nothing. Just, you know, those shots when you're walking into the, yeah, walking yeah. into the room that end up getting distributed everywhere in the videos and so forth. That made it around Philly so fast. Did it. And then, and then they took over the trap and he and James Connor. That's what I was thinking. Oh my goodness. You saw the connection there, right? Yeah. The catch that, the, the, the catch that JC made. Uh, this was, this was good stuff, you know? Um, I like talking about football, Moan. That's all I. That's, that's that's my theme for the day. We're talking about football. This is fun. Look at the smiles yeah. on our faces here. Okay? No doubt. If you don't like football, you don't like being a fan of this team. You know. Yeah. Uh, you know, or, or or whatever it is that you know. It, 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 this is about smiling and hearing all these angry people and everything over the last thirty six to forty eight hours over something that didn't even happen. Come on, man. Yeah, I saw a couple of people was like, just wait till the Steelers lose. It's going to be all doom and gloom. I'm like, man, I don't choose to live that life. But if it's good, enjoy it while it's good. Because, DK, we we went through podcast hell trying to make it through the daggone Arizona game and Patriots game. I mean, let's be honest about that. Like, there was pitchforks out ready to burn down our computers, DK. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was that was that was really something. So... All right, guys. Well, I, I have to go that. see. I have to go see the actual Sidney Crosby here, up the street. I wonder if he knows about Kyler. You, you at least got to ask him. We'll find out. We'll find out tomorrow, right, guys. Tomorrow, peace.